Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number six, brought to you by Milotov Records. We have a little change of guests. Uh, originally, we said in the last episode that Greg from Dillinger Escape Plan would be coming in. We upgraded. <laughs> we, we definitely upgraded. Uh, Greg was... Uh... I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Greg, Greg won't be offended. He can take a joke. Uh, but he wasn't able to do it this time, so we were able to pull out some big guns. But Greg will be back at a future episode. But we're very happy to welcome our special guest, Andy. I let me say your last name wrong. Wrights? You got it. Yes. Nobody gets that. How do you it's spell good. it? R-E-I-T-Z. R- R- Oh, yeah. R-E-I-T-Z. Right. Okay. It looks like Reitz. Where does that come from? It looks like the director. Germany. I got it. Thank you. Okay. So, a- Andy Reitz, the drummer of the band, the rock band. Did he just say it wrong? No. It, yeah, he did. Okay. Did I? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, he said it right. <laughs> Opposite of wrong. Okay. Writes. Andy writes. So clever. So clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drummer of the rock band called Defeater. Or metal band, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The Defeaters. Yes, yeah. the Defeaters. Yeah. Um, he is in town. He flew out especially for this podcast, which is, I mean, we can't appreciate you enough for that. Actually, I drove. That's true. You, he drove out here. From Worcester. <laughs> we, we gave him the notice uh, about 20 hours ago, and he just made it in, so mm. we appreciate that. I mean, that. normally it takes 48 if you're doing it straight. You're, but. But you have, and he is also the owner of a company, or co-owner of the company, called Green Vans, and they travel like close to the speed of light, so that's why how you're able to right. get across. Warp 2. <laughs> that's good, that's good. But all joking aside, we do appreciate you being able to uh, fill in, so to speak. Well, thank you very much. Yes. And, uh, Scott Eward, you're reading the New York Times. I just wanted to make sure nothing's happening in the world. <laughs> Sorry, we can't entertain you with this podcast, Scott. Um, the only special announcement that we would uh, like to have uh, this episode is we all we want to give you a homework assignment. We want all the people that listen to this to do one of two things. Go onto iTunes and either review and or rate our podcast. We've got about nine ratings so far and one review that accuses Joey and I of being of homosexual origin. Or, Thank you, Adam Reiser. Yes, um, which is fine. I mean, we have no problem with that because we call each other partners quite often. <laughs> um, so yes, we would love it if you were able to do that, and that way we can start looking way more popular than we really are. And uh, yeah, that's what we're looking to do. That's Scott's goal in life. I know to look more popular than he really is. He wants to relive his high school days. <laughs> I, oh, I love it with his purple hair and wallet chain. <laughs> No comment, Scott? Nope. I think he's taking a new uh, approach. You look really no, offended. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, all the times we're going to poke and prod and goad him, he's not going to do anything. I appreciate that, Scott. Uh, now we'll move directly into our quick hit section. No, oh. Scott's... <laughs> boo, boo, boo. They, uh, that, was, uh, that was kind of the quick hit section. Normally, Scott does a very funny... Pew, pew, pew. But he, yeah, he didn't do He's it. Mature He's matured since the last last episode. I'm researching my quick hit. I was <sighs> occupied. Got it, got it. And the quick hit section is where we just recommend something that's going on in our lives, something that we enjoy consuming, um, pretty much whatever we want to uh, put out to the world. I, since clearly Scott isn't ready, I'm going to give 
Joey the floor, and what would you like to recommend as your quick hit? Uh, I would like to recommend the movie The Last Exorcism. I saw it not too long ago and was very surprised by it. Is that the Eli Roth movie? Yes. Okay. I think he produced it. Okay. Uh, but it's just the I mean, it's your typical exorcism movie, like plot-wise, but it's done in like a documentary style where it's a this minister who's always just, he's kind of coming out as a fraud, and this is going to be his last, last exorcism to show, and it's... Is that why they call the movie Last Exorcism? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was very ironic. Uh, so he's got a film crew with him to show, like, what kind of fraud he is, but this one's a little different. Mm. It's, it's, there's something else going on. Uh, but it's actually pretty scary and really well done, and the acting in it is great. Okay. And I would recommend it. I do want to see that. I would do you see get, it. Did you get it on Blu-ray? There's only one. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course. There's only one format with Joey. All right. Well, Andy, being our amazing special guest. Oh, or should we give it to Scott no, first? Absolutely, you should give it to Scott. Scott, your iPad is no longer lit up. I believe you are ready. I don't. I'm not ready. Okay. I, 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 I won't trump you. I promise. <laughs> All right, Andy. I would love to hear what you would recommend to our beautiful millions of listeners. All right. Well, obviously, I need to out nerd Scott here. I've been told, and <laughs> yes. I don't think I'm going to get the chance to do that. But there's a part A and part B. Uh, being an East Coast dude, uh, coffee bean and tea leaf is okay. my my number one first stop always. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um. Do you, what do you drink back on the East Coast? Are you well, a Dunkin' man? Mm, as a last resort, I'm a Starbucks dude. Okay, you know. fair enough. But uh, it's a nice little treat, Southern California. Scott's getting so angry right now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, and I like to enjoy my uh, coffee bean and tea leaf beverage uh, while working on my Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> um, come on. I'm so disappointed. That's, if, you, if, you, if you saw me in action, you would be impressed at my nerdiness and my dorkiness. Do you, uh, so. with, do you have custom functions? In your oh, come on. Of course. Oh, Drop-down menus. And, yeah. oh, see, that's what I was going to ask. statements and VLOOKUPs. I mean, you, yeah, you can do some pretty <laughs> amazing stuff in Excel. Yeah, I have yeah. seen... You can do addition. Other than that. Yeah. 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 What <laughs> else? That's all I got. <laughs> There's division in there, too. Cool. Simple math. Yeah. I, I thought I've, this was going to be a nerd challenge, so I hope you're... Well, that is. I hope you're ready. You, maybe you should list your top five formulas. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I can do that. I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> so good. Well, basically, <laughs> I've seen, honestly, anybody that's into Excel, it's like they're into Excel. Like, they get super into it. Have you read books on it, or are you just all uh, self-discovery? Self-discovery. Um, my girlfriend's really good at it, so I, I poked and prodded her for a long time. Hey oh, No pun intended. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Uh, and then I just figured it out for myself. Nice. Um, Good. Man, I'm, I'm, thanks. I'm yeah. Nerd. That's fine. That's fine. You've been outed. Scott? The uh, Free Soul Cafe in Tustin, California. It's a vegan cafe with sandwiches, soups, um, coffee, tea. They're a little, menu's a little too varied. They're li- very limited. The food is limited, but I think they they're a little overextended in the teas and the oh, coffees it. and the desserts. But the food is fantastic. It's a little expensive, but I've been there three times this week. Yeah, Scott loves it. It, it only cost me twenty dollars to get slightly full. <laughs> I got a eleven dollar sandwich that left me completely starving. My sandwich, but it was, was very fifteen dollars today. Mm. It, was, it is it is very very good. But very expensive. Yeah. I was also uh, emailing with them. If you have a hot date. Just asking them questions like, you know, you have, like how, how long they've been in Are business. Are they going to sponsor the show? Stuff. After I play them this, they will sponsor the show. No. But 
I do agree that is a very good place, Scott. Good recommendation. I just wonder how good it is for you. Like, I think that vegan mayo is pretty bad for you. It could be, but the the one thing that I did ask them, like, over email was, like, you know, do you guys, like, do, do they go just, like, you know, Trader Joe's and other, other places that sell vegan stuff? They make everything on their own. Oh, really? Yeah, from scratch. So. I just wonder, I thought, like, in the state of California, you had to have nutrition facts out, and they don't have no. it. Native Foods doesn't have it. Nope. Have it. A lot of those places don't have it because they're, they say, well, because I've asked Native Foods the same question about their nutrition facts. Yeah. They say that their menu changes so much. Right. That's, so, I mean, that's what they said last time. Yeah. Which, but, I mean, it makes sense, but I would like them to step up their game. But I think in Starbucks, they have their calories actually on the labels mm-hmm. now. And I know in New York, it has to be on everything. Totally. Well, a lot of places, yeah, places around here. How about Worcester? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you for your recommendation, Scott. My quick hit is going to be a website, actually a series of websites. Um, porn sites? Yeah, called youporn.com. <laughs> no, that is not true at all. Tell me about that. Uh, it's YouTube. No. Um, the There is a collective called, uh, well, basically T-Till Death. That is a very good website that basically features, they comb eBay for the best old hardcore metal shirts they do a little write-up on it and you know this is for people that are obviously nerds like you andy Mm -hmm. that are into music that are like oh man i'd love to get this old shirt by this band but i don't have the time to find it on ebay so they do the work for you where it's like you know they write up a little story about it and whatever and so i love the website it's been around for over a year now i'd say i think maybe i don't know yeah i might have discovered i think roughly around a year ago um, but then they also have a, a collective, they have like a vinyl noise and they also have toy noise, sports noise. They've got a bunch of stuff that basically features, you know, whatever, like toy noise obviously features toys that are being sold what on eBay. vinyl noise feature? Uh, vinyl costumes. And T-noise? <laughs> T-noise is your affiliation. That's your blog, right, Scott? Uh, yeah. Never oh. mind. <laughs> But, um, yeah, they just do a really, really good job, and it's a lot of fun to read their descriptions. And yeah, Great, I, great dudes. Now we are to the review section of our podcast, where we are going to be reviewing the new Cave-In record. Well, not really new, but uh, B-Sides collection. Uh, the new Lemuria, the new Carrier record, and the new Decemberist record. Well, Lemuria is a band that is releasing their second full length on Bridge Nine. It's not their second full length on Bridge Nine. It's definitely their second full length. Right, their second comma. Sorry, their second full length, comma on Bridge Nine. <laughs> First one being on Asian Man Records. Thank you. You're, You're really? welcome. Yes. <clears throat> that just piqued Scott's interest. Oh, wow. I, this isn't a hardcore. Oh, band? now I like it. Oh, I, I guess I should have listened to it. <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, they're a three piece from uh, the New York area, like I think upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah, that, that general area. Rochester. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not Worcester. No. Rasta. <laughs> Rasta. 
Um, so yeah, this uh, this is definitely a very different signing for Bridge Nine um, and label mates of yours, Andy. Obviously. Yes, they are. Have you met um, them? No. Okay. I've listened to their music. Yes. <laughs> so good. I, I might as well have met them. Good job. Good job. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is definitely a very very different signing for Bridge Nine, and people were kind of you know scratching their head when they first announced it, like mm-hmm. why why would why would this band sign with Bridge Nine? But anyways. Um, we know what Scott thinks. Uh, Joey, <laughs> would you uh, care to share your opinion on the Lemuria record? Yes. Um, start with saying I love their first full length, Get Better. That was on Asian Man. I, I don't know if it made my list whenever, whatever year it came out. but 2008, I think. Looking back, it should have if it didn't. Uh, so I was pretty excited about this record. And the first time I listened to it, I was pretty disappointed. Um, but then I was like, no, 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 I need to I need to like this record. What am I missing? <laughs> right. And the more I listened to it, it finally, probably about the third or fourth listen, it just like clicked. And this record's so good. Nice. I love it. Uh, yeah. And I think they're, they're one of those bands that kind of crosses over. where hard, They're kind of hardcore approved, so I think being on Bridge Nine isn't the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense. Were they, were they like when they were an Asian man, were they, because I never noticed this band as being like, traveling within the hardcore scene because i mean you know, they tour with like andrew jackson jihad and like no never i mean okay it, yeah. it wasn't like it was just like i think people just you know found out about them and because mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, it's just i mean it's good just fun pop music right like i don't know yeah i was just curious if it like that you know hardcore kids like accepted them back then yeah it was i think like get better like yeah i don't remember how i first first heard of them but yeah because I, I never, I never listened to that record. It was, it was one of those things where this band always fell into the category where it was like, I always put them in the no idea category where it was like, you know, no idea records puts out so much stuff within a year, and I'm not able to check out pretty much everything that they put out, even though I know that the Miri didn't put out a record on no idea. Um, but they do fit in like that no idea fest, right? And scene. And there are certain bands that I just didn't, I just don't check out in that regard. So, anyways, well, if you haven't listened to Get Better. I would highly recommend it. Okay, I, I might have to. Andy, what did you uh, what did you think of this record? I mean, I know you can't be a dick, right? I can't say I totally hated it, but I didn't totally hate it. I hated it. Right. I didn't totally hate it. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Yeah, anyway, no, that's fine. Um, I love Get Better as well. Um, uh, it's just a fun, cool, quirky record, and I like stuff like that. Um, and this one sounds so good. I think the production did is awesome. Jay Robbins do it? Uh, yes. Yeah, Jay Robbins did. Think. That's cool. Yeah, that is. I mean, automatically, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think it sounds awesome. I mean, you know, I'm the drummer. I'm a drum nerd, so obviously, you know, any good drum sounds on a record, I'm going to be um, swooning over. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a creative record. I, it hasn't really sunk in 100 percent for me. It's, it's definitely a slow burner, and I've been through it. I think two and a half times at this point, and I like it. I don't like, you know, it hasn't, blo- it hasn't it. blown me away. I'm not obsessed with it, but. You know, I have a 50-hour drive home next week, so I think it's going to get a lot of spins, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to listening right. to it a lot. Um, so, how would you, how would you, how would both you guys compare it to like their previous, previous work? Like, is it it's, different? It, it's, like, it's a little different. Like the songs this seem a little more complex. Like, mm-hmm. get better is pretty simple, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's why it threw me off at first. Um, but like the more, I, yeah, like I think it's a good progression. Though. Yeah, I think it's, you know, they're towing the line, they're trying to be a little bit more of a pop band, you know, straight uh-huh. ahead, more, uh, straight ahead pop, but with some intricacies, you know, um, where Get Better was really, 
like a raw record and you know cool and super straightforward yeah got it got it yeah my impressions of this record were uh definitely it took me like three full lessons in order to really comprehend where the band was coming from um i don't love it but i definitely enjoy it like it's it's one of those records that it would come on shuffle for me and i'd be like yeah like i like this record but it wouldn't be something i would automatically like go to where it's like i have to listen to this record right now it, honestly it reminds me like I, this could have easily come out in the mid 90s oh, and yeah. they tour with like you know the posies and like velocity girl and like all that just like girl i, I don't want to call it power pop but within that genre where it's like they could they could have been playing like alternative nation you know oh yeah and it's just it's just so weird to hear that being played in the context of independent music it's, it's funny there's another band i don't even know if they're still together called ps elliot that's uh-huh. along like same style but it's just weird that there's these bands that are yeah. exist today that that do this i also got like a discount vibe too i mean obviously because of the female vocals like it's easy to compare I, it to i never listen to discount much yeah they were. I, I really enjoyed what Discount did, but um, this is definitely more um, more polished. Discount was a little more raw, but yeah. Regardless, I think the record's cool, and I think people that, especially people that are fans of like female vocals of any type, you know, would really like this record. Any final thoughts, guys? <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Joey, what would you give it star wise? Uh, right now, I'm going to say three and a half, but I see that leaning closer more to four as time goes on okay the more i listen to it by the end of the year but it's a great record okay andy i'm gonna give it four nice right off the bat good political That's, answer i yeah. like that no, thanks That's fair <laughs> enough for the future bridge nine tour <laughs> right of so they're like dude we listened to that first one pops podcast andy's a dick <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, yeah no you're, sorry i didn't get five <laughs> no, you're, maybe it will how about, how about four and by the time i get home it'll probably get five because yeah. good, good answer listen to it 30 thousand times that's wow that's very good i would get i would give it a solid three um it, it has the potential to grade up for me like because it definitely won't be like oh it's something i'll never listen to again so but yeah solid three scott gave it a five yeah, yeah five. Way, to, way to take this serious yet again scott it's a i mean i can understand why you wouldn't take the podcast seriously because I mean, it pays us a lot of money so i don't know why you don't take your job seriously we all quit our jobs for this. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsors, please. Well, thank, thank you, Miltov. <laughs> they paid us 10 grand, so. And uh, for, for those wondering, IBC is not our sponsor tonight. We're drinking Thomas Kemper, so. Yes. Thomas Kemper out there, give us a call. I know. Their, their, PR, rep, their PR rep will get in touch with us. <laughs> um, next record, let's, let's just do the cave-in really quickly. kind of toss us in here because i mean realistically towards the end of the year and the beginning of january um there's not much new music that comes out so uh this was one of the records that you know just it's basically a b-sides collection came out in like mid-december um yeah and it just it's like it collects stuff from their jupiter recording sessions stuff from their until your heart stops sessions it's kind of just a hodgepodge of random stuff so 
Um, and now that the band is back together, I'm going to eventually release a new record. This is volume one. Is there a volume two? This is volume... Oh, yeah, no. I think volume is two is a live thing, yeah, which is weird how they did this. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, Andy, being from Boston, like mm-hmm. was Caven? Here's, a, yeah, here's this, well, I mean, this question. I know was it was um, Caven a big band for you or? You know, it wasn't ever really for me personally. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, we're from the same city, mm-hmm. or from the same area, um, doesn't necessarily mean you know I would be a huge fan. But I, you know, they were there. Yeah. I just think I was like, I was a little bit removed. Sure. Um, in my musical taste from what what they were up to, mm-hmm. um, in my upbringing. But obviously, you know, they're they're relevant to me and the music. Of that course. I play, sure. Know. So yeah, yeah, there's not any like direct local connection I think between me and those that band. Sure, sure. Not not like Joey and Pennywise, right? Exactly. Or Sublime. <laughs> exactly. I just hit both those nails right in the head. Yeah, Sublime, love them. I know. Um, Radiance Machine. That's true. That's true. Scott went to high school with Zach De La Roca. They were friends. No, but <laughs> anyways, he could have sat in the same chair. Though. He could have sat in the same chair. Uh, what about uh, Riley from Thrice? <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Um, Scott, what did you think of this uh, this Cave In collection? Um, I've always been a uh, I've always watched what Cave In has done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm a fan, sometimes I'm not. Did um, you like their like lighter stuff towards the end? No. Okay. Um, but it, this was okay. Yeah. I find it weird that you so you only like like the early stuff. Yeah. That surprises. I, I didn't me. like the uh, spacey. Huh. You didn't like Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah, really? Not wow. huh. That colored me surprised, Scott. Yeah. Scott just literally colored on Joey right there. Not literally, because he didn't write on me. Right? You know what literally means? <laughs> was there? Any, I mean, was there anything that stood out to you at all? Or? No. Yeah, it was just kind of. Yeah. You, you saw it as a B sides collection. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Okay, got it. Make a few bucks. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this was released on vinyl only, by the way. <laughs> it's an amazing layout, though. Yeah, beautiful layout, aka white sleeve with text on the front. Yeah. Insert like. You think printing's free? But I did. I mean, I did like the liner notes as far as like they actually described the song. Yes, yeah, I thought it was cool. I, any band that releases a B sides record that doesn't describe where the stuff comes from bums mm-hmm. me out so much. It's like, well, that's what's cool about the B side. Otherwise, it's just a song that wasn't good enough to make it on a record, right? You know, and so yeah, some bands just release a B sides record and it's like that's it. I'm like, cool, thanks. Did you buy the record? I did buy the vinyl. Mm. Yeah, uh, Joey, what did you think of this? Yeah, it was cool. It was a B sides record. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought the Cure song was my least favorite. Yeah, I, that, that it's kind of weird. Covers bad, um, but it was enjoyable. I mean, I've always liked Caven, so kind of nice that a lot of the songs seem to come like around that era, before then, or after then. Or, mm. Yeah, that was cool. <clears throat> yeah. Did you pay attention to any of the post Caven bands? Like what are they called? Well, Doom, like a, Doom Riders. <laughs> like a million of them. Um. Well, I, I, I don't. I mean, Steve, I, what you ta- Steve Brodsky didn't do anything like false one. Next yeah. question. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, wait. yeah, go ahead. It was good. Cool. Yeah, go Kevin. Andy, did you have any uh, strong opinions of this? I liked it. Yeah. You know, I'm generally not like everybody else. I'm generally not a fan of B-side stuff because you know it's uh, sort of an afterthought. Sure. But uh, I liked it. You know, I'm more of a fan. I think of the later Kevin stuff. So cool. Just had enough of that. Well, yeah, enough of the B-side. Enough of the vibe. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'm gonna buck the trend. The, this has one of the best Caven songs. Is on it the it. song that they released like a couple in, months ago, like when, six months ago? It well, that it demo? was 
yeah, it wasn't like officially released. It just all of a sudden came out online. Yeah. I remember downloading it from a blog and like literally losing my mind. The song is called Inflatable Dream. Like that if there's cool. that song is awesome. Yeah, if there's only one reason that you should buy this compilation, it's because of that song. Um, it was recorded like, un- like right after the Until Your Heart Stop session, and so it was like it has enough of the spaciness. Like I, I mean, it's the most perfect combination of what Cave In is was and i mean what i think that they're trying to do now because i mean obviously they've added more elements of aggression into their newer stuff um but yeah i just that song is so damn good so this it makes this like a five-star collection for me just for that song alone so everyone should buy it scott star wise three joey four andy three and a half cool five like i said that's what makes it a five-star collection ray loves everything Mm. Clearly, I gave Lemuria three, and you gave it a five. <laughs> well, Scott doesn't take things seriously. History <laughs> will tell that I'm right. Ray's, Ray's nice to everybody. That's like true. That. Well, that is true. I am, I am very nice You're to You're the outborn, outburn magazine of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful description. <laughs> That's very good. Outburn gives tens like they're fives. Like, no, no problem. If you get a six or a seven, <laughs> wow. Ser- That's like worst Bummer. record of the year. I've seen a three in there, and I was like, why? Just stop. Being just stop, yeah. If Alburn doesn't think you're good, like, ugh, it's terrible. Uh, all right, moving along. Let's, uh, let's do something completely different and review the new Decemberists record. That is something that uh, did come out uh, in the early January-ish time frame. It is there. When I look this up, it's their sixth full length. Sixth? Yeah. No. I swear. Look, look it up. The... Look, it, look it up on Wikipedia. I promise. I'm positive it's their fifth. I, <laughs> unless I counted wrong, which I could have easily have done wow. in haste. But um, anyways, they're from Portland, Oregon. This they, I can confirm that it's their third record for Capital. That is a fact. Yes, that is 100% true. Um, they previously put out some records on, uh, Kill Rockstars, um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this band is definitely very popular within the indie rock genre. Um, Didn't they the Hollywood Bowl? I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely in the same vein as, you know, Arcade Fire and that type of stuff, so clearly those type of bands do very, very well these days. Um, so yeah, the record's called The King is Dead, and, um, Scott? Just would, if, I can, if I can chime in real quick. Yes, please. I think the first thing the Castaways and Cutouts might have been... Like a self-release thing? Yeah. Yeah. Or that demo, or like an EP or something. I'm not, whatever. It's Yeah, well, it's studio albums. That's what I was oh. counting. So, anyways. Um, Scott. I went first again. I, I really enjoy Third. you starting things off. Or do you want me to start things off? I'd appreciate that. Okay, I'll start things off. Well, I'll start. Um, <laughs> highly disappointed. I really enjoyed the last one. Um, this one was sort of felt thinner all around mm-hmm. um it didn't it didn't vibe like the previous one Ooh, i don't like that word you liked the last record i like the last record 
Which one was the last Hazards one? Hazards of Love. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the one before that I liked even more. Well, I'll save my review for my time. Okay. Disappointed. Yeah? Weak. Okay. Thin. Single word. <laughs> yes. Scott's a sniper with his reviews. He doesn't. He doesn't like to go off uh, off script, so to speak. No, no, that's that's for me and Joey to do. Ramble on and on. Babble. Yeah, that's what. Uh, well, if, if we if we did a podcast of just Scott, it'd be thirty seconds. It'd be incredible. <laughs> did not like <laughs> ten stars. <laughs> that's good. Now it is time for Andy to go. Yes, thank you for the floor. Um, <laughs> I really like this record. Um, I didn't like the last one. And I think I kind of missed the boat on this band altogether. You know, they've existed, and they're cool, and they're an indie rock band. Um, and, and you can buy the records at Starbucks. Yes, and you can buy the records at Starbucks. And I just never really, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of scared that I like the the new record, because I think that's telling me that I'm getting really old. And I'm trying to find, like, um, you know, music, uh, you know, common ground with my girlfriend, who hates everything about my life and what I do and, and my music. Oh, no. So this is... This is really good for our relationship, but also it's telling me that I'm, you know, I don't know, you're, boring. You're, you're progressing as a person, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Yes, that's Thank not, you. you very gotta, you very put encouraging. A, you got to put a positive spin on it. Because you can't, you can't listen to, I mean, you can listen to Minor Threat for 30 years, but you also have to add some other things in, otherwise. See, when, I, when I turned 30, I realized I like the Smiths and Bell and Sebastian, so right. I understand, I'm gonna, I'm I understand where you're coming from. Okay, I'm glad you appreciate it. Um, but I, well, I like that it's thin and kind of a little bit... Uh, it's not. It's not too interesting. There's not too much going on. It's just like a folk record, you know. Yeah. yeah. I guess for my young mind, I need that stimulation. Oh yeah. <laughs> Scott needs a lot of child. Yeah. Scott needs a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. Dude, because the thing that kind of confused me about this record, not jumping the gun on my review, but the, I mean, weren't they part of that whole like orchestral pop scene? Like their records were very large, correct? Yeah, okay. Like it. And this one was very stripped polar down. opposite. Right. Right. Okay. Anyways. Um, Joey, what did you think of the record? This was a huge disappointment. But not that disappointing because I didn't like the last record at all. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of what I was expecting. Uh, but I think a part of me held out a little that they would write another record like The Crane Wife. Yeah. Which added to like, you know, three minute like single worthy songs. But then like, oh, here's a ten minute song. Sure. Again, just this record has none of that. It's just every adjective that Scott used I think is um, worthwhile. I can go over them. No, it's okay. Weak. Yes. Thin. <laughs> yes. I don't. I, I think this band could do so Undeveloped. much more. I, I think what shocks me the most is that this is their third record on a major label, and I've yeah seen no sort of like commercial success. Well, I mean, they. I know they get a lot of like song placement as far as like. Dude, I, I mean, I think they do. I just assume every song in a commercial is Vampire Weekend now. Yeah, or the Black Keys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was bummed. I, I wish they would. Um, write a record I like again. Yeah. Because and I think his voice is one of the the best voices and he's got a really the good indie voice. rock genre, and I don't think it's utilized the way it could be on this record. So yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, because my la- my last memory of the band is definitely the Crane Wife. Like that. I mean, honestly, I, I don't follow this band religiously. It's one like the records come out and it's like I mean probably like you, Andy, where it's mm-hmm. like okay, like cool, cool, I'll check it out, and you know it doesn't mean a, a lot to me, but um. Yeah, listening to this record, I liked it the more I listened to it, but I definitely don't think I would ever call myself a fan of this record. Um, I, I do like, 
like I do like a lot. I mean, Scott was joking, but I do like a lot more with my records when you're talking about indie rock stuff. Um, I like it when bands are very ambitious, you know, and do a lot of stuff with their records, um, as opposed to you know just kind of like a what an average rock band would do. Um, even though you know, like contrasting it with like the Arcade Fire record, where it's like they definitely went more stripped down on this record, and I like this Arcade Fire record the best out of all of them. So it's kind of tough for me to marry those two ideas, but the, um, yeah, it was just, it was okay, but I'll, I really probably will never listen to this record again. So with that being said, I'd probably give it like a two star review. Oh, uh, that stars. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I agree. Two star. Twos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two yep. stars. Man, really? Yeah. Bummer. I guess six. Three and a half. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Well, you're, yeah. you're just embracing your adulthood a lot more yeah, than I guess I am. It's weird. <laughs> well, if, I mean, cool. If, if you Your mortgage much, I would, yeah, I would uh, listen, go back and listen to the Crane Wife if you. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. I think you guys are, are listening to this record from you know the point of view of our, their older stuff and the Crane Wife, and I'm sort of just getting into the band, I guess. So check, check out the back catalog. Maybe I will. Yeah, they've got they've got, they've got enough records. <laughs> six, seven, six. Yeah, mm. six, six full lengths as confirmed by Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. Thank you. You will get my donation What's tonight. Jimmy Wales. Yes. Yes, Jimmy Wells is a great man. You should see you. you, I know you Pay should, me. You <laughs> should donate to Wikipedia. You're taking information from me every day. Um, all right, in order to wrap the review section up, we will be hitting on the new Carrier record called Blind to What is Right. Yeah, this is their second full length because um, the first one was put on Rock Vegas, correct? Or I, it, I think they had a CD of like I don't know. Yeah, Death Wish put out like a it's collection the, of like two EPs at one point. They have a bunch of stuff out. I know they do. Um, and this and this band is from the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. No, Scott. Just <laughs> not everyone from Massachusetts from Worcester, Scott. Or Actually, nobody's from Worcester. Or Peabody. Um, uh, right. Yes. Peabody. Actually. Peabody. Yes. No. Yes. Um, yeah, they're from you know my neck of the woods, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson. Is... <laughs> Terrible. Good town um, reference. Uh, yeah, you know the North Shore. Yes. North Boston area. Um, Got it. Go ahead. Yes. That's, that's all I'm going to Okay. For the that's, moment. No, that's fine. That's fine. Do you know yeah. them? Yes, are they I friends do. of yours? Yes, they Nice are. men? Very nice men. Okay. Good dudes backed hard, if you will. <laughs> yes. Well played. Well played. Well played. Um, so, yeah, this uh, this being their second full length, like Death Wish. I mean, they don't they don't tour a lot, like, at all. I mean, they, they tour even less than Defeater, which that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not even a band. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, because I think they've only come out west once for Sound and Fury. Yeah, I feel like they've... I don't remember. Yeah. I, I haven't studied their tour touring history. Well, I, neither have I, but... Um, Maybe uh, <laughs> take this a little more serious, okay? Okay, Scott. <laughs> how many times have they been out here? Uh, Sound and Fury, 08. Uh, that's, 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 I think it was 09. 09, yeah. You were close. You were mm-hmm. close. But anyways, um, 
So yeah, but it seems like Death Wish is definitely putting a lot of pro- promo behind this record. Like it seems like they're, yeah. I mean, you know, they're pushing it out there to a lot of kids, and um, it ca- you know it came out in January, and I remember they started to promote it like early November, late October. Um, so yeah, uh, I would love Joey. How about you? want to start things off? Sure. All right, go for it. I really like this record. I was, I never was a big fan of the earlier stuff, and I had people who'd heard this record being like the new Carrie record is awesome and it will change your opinion of the band. Wow. And it has. I think this record is very solid. Um, kind of like Misery Signals esque at times. Like a little more like metalcore. I got that. Than I think I don't know if they want it to be, but I enjoy that about it. Yeah. Um like Rise and Fall, I think every almost every song sounds like when it starts off, sounds like a tragedy song. Dude, totally. <laughs> Which I have, you'll get no beef from me on that. No. Uh, but I was very impressed by this record, um, and I'd like to see them tour and do stuff off this record because I think with they could, you know, become very successful off it. Yeah. Cool. Scott, did you have an opinion of the record? Yeah, I actually surprisingly curveball. I actually really liked the last one. Oh yeah. The one, the blue one with the guy's face on it, like a painting. Yeah, that was a collection of their first two EPs. I really like that. Nice. Yeah. I like. Wow. I like that you like that. Unfortunately, I thought that was better than this one. <laughs> okay. This one didn't do much. No, I mean it was more of the same. Mm-hmm. Thought the other one was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I on I would honestly I see where you're coming from because I. My personal opinion of the band, I loved. Like their their early stuff, pretty much everything they've done up to this point, just because they do, like Joey said, with like Misery Signals, as far as like the sense of melody, like they always had a very strong yeah. like guitar leads and you know minor chords and just the way that they blended it all together. Um, I really enjoyed that from the band. Um, that was kind of devoid in this record. Like they didn't, you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't as uh, overt as it was in previous recordings. Um, so I didn't, <clears throat> overall, I didn't enjoy this record as much. Um, <clears throat> I felt like <clears throat> the parts that they did do, like as far as like the tragedy D-beat type stuff, it's like, to me, that's not this band's strength. Like the band's strength is definitely within their, you know, their guitar interplay, like how they work together with one another and how they're able to create these cool melodies behind, you know, very harsh vocals and, you know, chugging bass and, you know, tough drums and stuff like that. Um not to say that a band obviously can't try to experiment with something new, um, but I just felt like this record just didn't didn't hit my buttons, Scott. Like you agreed, yeah. So, Andy, did you uh, what did you think of the record? Um, I liked it. You know, I think you guys are kind of on point with the the last one, but uh, it's a I don't know. As we say uh, in the Defeater camp, it's wicked dark and wicked hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and really, that's what it is. It's a, it's a really, really heavy record, and it's, yeah. it sounds awesome. Um, is it fire? Uh, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> is it fire? Is that is that is that you trying to do Boston slang, Scott? I think that's just Springfield. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fire. It's great. You, you don't know about fire? No. Okay. Um, I don't know about fire. Well, it's no here from fire. Springfield. I know. What? We'll explain later. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you know, Moss recorded it. I think he did an awesome job. Um, as he always does with these kinds of records, mm-hmm. and it, um, you know, it's it's 
I keep referring to my drive home, you know, all the records that are that are going to get me there, but it's definitely a driving record, one of those, like, yeah. you know, really intense, keep me amped, keep me up kind of things. Um, I, you know, it's not melodically, like, really, really interesting, but uh, it did take a little wind out of our sails, I think, when we heard it after I, we finished our record. Um, mm-hmm. We're just like, wow, okay, this makes us look like a bunch of skitty little, little kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're younger than us and, uh, sure. you know, can probably beat us all up. Well, they, they, got, they maybe got a little more piss and vinegar in them. Maybe they do. Yeah. I think, I think maybe the we're I, all old. The thing I like about it a lot is that it's not a long record. Mm. Like, sometimes these, these kinds of records can drag on. Yeah. And this one's over and it's like, oh, that was over. And it's like, okay, I can listen to this again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't get bored with it. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Like, it definitely was over before it really like kind of sunk in to me but cool what would you give it star wise joey four stars scott four stars all right i give it a three andy i'm gonna give it four and a quarter just because we don't do quarters all right four (laughs) make your decision you can get four and a quarter pressure me I'm gonna give four and a quarter. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Don't listen to Scott. I'm gonna do whatever. He Scott thinks he tells runs me. shit. He doesn't run it. But we can't represent that online. Oh, they can. Yeah, we can. Go ahead. Yeah. Whatever you want. Quarters. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Give me, give me my quarter. Okay. Eights. Sixteenths. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Cogburn, in your four years as U.S. Marshal, how many men have you shot? Shot. Let us restrict it to kill so that we may have a manageable figure. Mr. Cogburn? What do you want, girl? I'm looking for the man who killed my father. The man's name is Tom Cheney, and I need somebody to go after him. What's your name? My name is Maddie Ross. And now it's time for the movie review, and we will be reviewing uh, True Grit. Which was done by the Coen Brothers and stars Jeff Bridges, uh, Matt Damon, and Josh Brolin, and a girl whose name is Hailey Haley Steinfeld. Uh, and it came out right around Christmas, so it's been out been out for about a month, probably about the time that this uh, hits and, the airwaves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah. I don't know if there's any. It, it's a remake of the John Wayne. 60-something? 69. Look at you. I know. Um, I've done my research. Yeah. So, but it's kind of with the Coen Brothers spin. So, Ray. Yes. What did you think of True Grit? I saw it over the holidays, and I loved it. I actually, I saw it. Great combo of people. I saw it with my father. I saw it with my uncle, and I saw it with my grandma. So, it's like you're having a very wide variety of people watching the movie. Who was the second person? My father. No, I got that one. My uncle? Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and everybody left the theater loving the movie. Like, they, everybody enjoyed it. I personally really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's a very, unlike a lot of other Coen Brothers movies, um, it's a movie that you leave the theater, you don't really think about it again. It was just like, that was awesome. It was just a well, well done. A well done Western. Straightforward movie. Totally. Or More straightforward than most. Right. Coen Brother movies. Like, there isn't, there isn't things that you leave the theater with where it's like, that was, you know, that was a very profound statement. Like, you know, I mean, of course it hits on certain themes like, you know, loyalty, family, that type of stuff. And, I mean, of course that connects you to the characters and what have you. But, 
Um, it's not something that resonates or, you know, whatever, like obviously completely different movie, but contrasting it with like, you know, black Swan where you're like shaking afterwards and crying yourself to sleep. Um, this obviously doesn't do that to you. Um, but yeah, I thought Haley Seinfeld, I mean, she was awesome. Breakout role of the year. She, I mean, 2010. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I do think that she obviously has a chance to, um, get some recognition from, you know, awards on people. Well, I think it was on another podcast that you might have listened to. They were saying that she is going to be put up for supporting actress. Right. And even though she's in almost every scene of the movie. Right. But. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a little side note as well. A- Andy, unfortunately, wasn't able to see the movie. Sorry, dudes. It's it's okay. I got nothing. Because we Do you hate movies. Hate movies. <laughs> we gave a we gave him very short notice as far as coming in and pinch hitting for this podcast. Not even enough time to watch a movie. Flew him out this morning. Yeah. No, we didn't fly. He drove. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. But but Andy will be the uh, the one that we will circle back to after all reviews and see if Andy will go see the movie on his own. And see if we did a good job at representing what this movie's all about. Convince me. Okay, we will. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I think it's a great movie. Uh, you should see it if you have any remote interest in any of the people that are in the movie. <laughs> um, if you, even if you're just a remote fan of you know Jeff Bridges or Matt Damon, because um, they all do an awesome job. So yeah, Mr. Yep. Arnold. Um, I agree with most of what Ray said. I think it's very well done. Um, However, unlike my favorite Coen Brothers movies, I think this is missing a degree of tension and suspense sort of throughout the movie. Even though they were kind of chasing someone, I didn't feel like, I don't know, I wasn't at, I wasn't as invested in the outcome what as I was. What would you say your favorite Coen I'm just trying to get a frame. Um, the movie that most exemplifies that would be No Country for Old Men, where you're on the edge of your seat. You have no idea what's going to happen. This was pretty clear. They're going to be you know, you knew what was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> you did. There, there wasn't a sense of uh, foreboding, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It was good, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that all you got for us? Uh, yeah, check okay. it out. You know, you got a Saturday afternoon. Well, I thought it was fantastic. I love the Coen Brothers and pretty much everything that they do. Did you like Burn After Reading? Yes. Hated that movie. Love that movie. Loved that movie. Loved it. Hated it. What's up, loser? I know. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, literally every movie, I will get in fights with people. I think Intolerable Cruelty. Even think that movie's good. But so which one with Tom Hanks? I always forget what that one's called Philadelphia. But... No, <laughs> <laughs> Castaway. Uh, <laughs> no, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, where he plays Colonel Sanders yeah. and it's got Marlon Wayans. Oh yeah, big. <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie called? I'm gonna find it. Forrest Gump. This is <laughs> where he played. Wait, he... the Lady Killers. Yeah. Oh yeah, you that like was that? awesome. Yeah. I, they don't make bad movies. Burn after reading, they did, but it's okay. Uh, you're just stupid. so good. Uh, but I. This goes right up there. Uh, what was that other? The most recent. The last movie. The Jewish guy. A true, true. A serious oh, a serious man. man. Was that good? Hated that one. Uh, it's on my shelf to watch. I have not watched it yet. I haven't seen it either. Okay. It's well, I think that shelf. that speaks volumes. Why? Well, they kind of do their their big movie, and then their small movie, and then their like, and that movie just kind of. Well, clearly that that wasn't subject matter for everybody. Yeah. Unless you're what Jewish. Jew. Well, yeah, a, a plight of a Jewish man that's in a midlife crisis. Okay. Is that you, Scott? Okay. 
Me. Anyways, moving back to True Grit. Yeah. Uh, I thought the acting in it was great. I thought Matt Damon should be getting more credit. I thought he was the best. Uh, he probably kind of brought the humor to it, which, you know, Coen Brothers always have their, their quirky side, and I think Matt Damon kind of brought that and was great. I like um, Josh Brolin. I thought it was good. All in all, I think it was just a very solid movie, very entertaining. I love how dumb Josh Brolin acted. It was yes. great. Yeah. Did and, you have a favorite scene in the movie? I have a very clear idea of what I love. Hit us. There was a scene where Jeff Bridges, toward the end, when he when they think he's at a cave, and he walks into the cave, and the shot is from behind in the cave, yep. and you can see him walking across the light, and he's just sort of like stumbling almost and shoots into the cave. You can hear the bullet ricochet, too. Loved that. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely a cool scene. <laughs> yeah, all in all, I think it was um, one of the best movies of 2010, and uh, I enjoyed it. I don't think it'll get a lot of award accolades except for maybe Haley Steinfeld to get recognized. Yeah. Um, but I would see it. And this this was supposed to be more true to the book rather than the it's John... A lot of the script was taken directly from the book. Right. And it is the highest grossing Coen Brothers movie. Really? Oh. Yeah. At the biggest, their biggest debut, and it's it's over a hundred million dollars. And I think, I mean, I think honestly, like it was really funny seeing it with the people that I did, like my family. Well, you saw it with a whole like, cross section of people, right. and if everyone walks out enjoying it, you know they did something right. Totally, and it's like the you know the the four seconds of violence that they have in it, like you know typical Coen Brother violence, where it's like, oh my god, that just happened. Um, you know, like my grandma was like, that was pretty graphic, <laughs> but it was like, she still got past that and was able to really enjoy the movie and see like, she was such a strong character. And it's like, that's awesome. Like, that's awesome. They've made a movie that hits, like you said, every single demographic. I think this is, it has to be the most, one of the most straightforward movies. Yeah. So. Mainstream. And I would say they, they nailed it right on the head. So for sure. Yeah. What would you give it? Uh, I'd probably get, I'd give it a four star. Scott. Three and three quarter stars. I'm gonna go four and a half stars. Okay, got it. Would that that would have made your top ten? I would have made my top ten for sure. Yeah. yeah, cool. I will be purchasing it on um, the Tuesday it comes out. Surprise! What, surprise. what <laughs> movie do you not purchase on Tuesday? Did you get Megamind? Is that out? <laughs> it leaked. I don't know if it's out. Well, I don't think it's out yet. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. So. I've heard great things about it. I have. I'll, you know, probably have to buy that. He'll probably buy it. I still got some gift tickets left over on Christmas, so <laughs> I got to pick up the social network. Andy, would you? Uh, what, are you going to see this movie now? I'm actually currently making plans to see it right now. Oh, spectacular! After this, after this one, well, actually, that's not true. I tried, but the dudes I'm going to go see it with have already seen it. So, oh. <laughs> but I'll go see it tomorrow by myself. Nice. Um, <laughs> after the podcast. After the podcast. <laughs> um, well, that means we've done our job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I'd really like to see it. Good job, guys. Cool. We've we've, we've officially, officially claimed our first. Well, maybe the Coen brothers can write us a royalty check. Yeah. This episode of First World Problems is sponsored by Milatov Records. Pick up the self-titled Deadhead 10-inch now at milatovrecords.bigcartel.com. And keep an eye out for the new record from punknews.org's editor's pick, Residuals, out later on this month, which we are listening to right now. Moment, 
my own personal pick is the Deadhead 10-inch. It features current members of Touche Amore, and it's just awesome. We'll listen to a little bit of it now. to the interview portion of our podcast with our special guest, Andy Wrights. Yeah? Good job. Yeah, nailed Thank it. Uh, the, he plays drums for a band called Defeater from the greater Boston area uh, that is currently signed to Bridge Nine Records. Uh, they put out their first record on Top Shelf and then the, nice the, t-shirt. the, the, mega, the mega conglomerate Bridge Nine swooped down and bought them out of their contract for, was it... Fifty grand, Andy. Uh, a little north of that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Negotiations for just for Andy too. alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Um, so yeah, Bridge Nine then re-released the record um, to the general public, and then they also released an EP called Lost Ground, and uh, that was their last release. And now they are prepping for their next full length that comes out in early March. And what's what's the title of it? Um, that's a good question, actually. Oh, no, Empty Days and Sleepless Nights. Ah, there you um, go, there you go. It is a two-part record. Sure. Um, but Are you doing it as two CDs? Uh, no, just one CD, but two records. Double LP. Double LP. Got two, it. Two vinyls? Two vinyls. Two, <laughs> two vinyls. Those are for the people that don't know what records are. Hmm. Um, I have so many vinyls. Yes, so many vinyls. And then, uh, Did you get the Maroon 5 vinyls? <laughs> Red and green. <laughs> and then uh, Andy is also the uh, co-owner of a very, very cool company called Green Vans that uh, basically owns a fleet of <laughs> vegetable oil-powered vans. Vegetable oil, right? Yeah. Okay. Vegetable oil, biodiesel, diesel. That's it. Okay. You know, that is, uh, that is all of the above. Right. Um that he rents out to bands, companies, uh, basically whoever's interested in using a van. Uh, pro- no. Probably not child rapists. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, these have windows. You know, you can't get away with much. White, um, white power groups? Yeah, totally. 99.9% touring bands. Okay. Um, and then, you know. Churches? Church groups. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and youth groups. Uh-huh. Right. Obviously. Um, so, yeah, and he's been doing that since uh, around 2004, right? Uh, well, we officially started the company in 2008, but, um, I bought my first, bought and converted my first van in like 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. So you're close. That was close. That was close. I did yeah. some, I did some research, uh, made sure I was well-versed at Andy's history. On my internet writing. Yes, exactly. All your live journals. Melodramatic. So yes, Andy, after that long-winded introduction... Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Welcome yes. to the podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. It's, it, it is our pleasure to have you here. Um, 
Yeah, we'll start things off with a defeater business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to play a uh, about a minute, minute and 15 seconds of a uh, new song of yours. Awkward. I know. Um, that's called, oh man, I'm totally blanking on the name right now. Dear Father. Dear Father. Um, that's, uh, that's what it's called. So we'll play that right now, and then uh, you can tell us about the writing process and uh, everything else that was involved in making this record. So let's listen to it now. That was the, we can actually call it, the world premiere exclusive release of Dear Father from Defeater. It's actually true. I know. Cool. We're, we're very excited. So, um, yeah. When does the record come out? Um, March 8th. Cool. Um, Pre-order's up currently. Hmm? Pre-order's up currently for, for, the, for the 7-inch. Uh, right. For the 7-inch, for the two songs that were, yeah, for that song and then another. That you're milking kids out of more money. Should for. I email uh, Dave about why I haven't received my records yet? Or should uh, I talk to just, you about you know, that? Just, you know, post that directly. Okay, I'm just going to start complaining. Yeah. I mean, I, I ordered it three days ago and I haven't got it. So. Okay, well, that's your problem. And I, I ordered, I, I ordered uh, lime green and I got kind of a green-yellow. Okay. <laughs> that um, would be... I'm not sure who to email about that. Do I talk to you? You can just talk to me directly. Okay. After when we're finished, I can handle that for you. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, so yeah, you, you were, you were mentioning before the podcast was, uh, was live that, uh, the writing process was really different for you guys, this record. How, uh, how so did you not write with instruments? Uh, no, we actually, that's true. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, I nailed it. Well, we started out, you know, the first few records, uh, and most of the stuff Jay and I have written, um, you know, just like any band write, writes music, loud music in a, in a room guitars, bass, drums, hashing out parts, like, you know, coming up with riffs and changing stuff, moving it around um, until we have, you know, a song a day later or whatever, um, and then refining that song. But uh, literally uh, everything started with the the drum tracks, you know, the, the foundation. So I wrote everything out. Like I wrote structures and forms and, you know, basic uh, rhythmic ideas. Oh, wow. Pen and paper. Um, and then Jay just put Is, up, that, is that like actual music? notes yeah like staff paper wow you know, it's weird do you have like um, a musical background i do yeah drum marching band um no i never played in the marching band i really wanted to but you know not, <laughs> cool, not, enough. Yeah. not cool enough <laughs> not cool um enough. no i've been i took you know music lessons for a long time cool. when i was growing up yeah it's not cool at all um <laughs> <laughs> I was in the orchestra. <laughs> look, look where it brought me but uh you know 
I did a lot of the physical writing, and then Jay basically just mic'd a practice kit, and I translated all that that written music onto the drums. Um, it all evolved, you know, came up with new ideas, new fills, and he recorded it all. And then from there, we sort of cut up everything that I that I wrote, rearranged it, replayed some of it, and just gave him uh, song structures and foundations, drum parts to write his guitar parts. Wow, to. that's really so, that's I've never heard anybody do that before. Yeah, so we'll see what, what <laughs> how it turns it's out. It's a Radiohead. That's what Radiohead yeah. does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so that's you guys are—that's what Radiohead's going to start doing, right? After Tommy well, listens yeah. to this. Um, wow. So there was only one song that you know we actually wrote together in one room, and then one song um, that I played—I think drums for like twice, once to demo it, and then another time uh, were the final drum tracks. And I basically like this is what I think I'm going to do, and played it, and that was it. We made a couple edits, some changes, and. Those drums made it out of the record. Was wow. that a so. conscious decision, or was it because of circumstance? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, we were kind of rushed, as we always are, uh, doing this kind of stuff. But, you know... Like, where, I did, think, this, where did this idea come from? Um, we, we were trying to write, I think, a lot of the stuff. You know, our first couple of days, um, you know, in, in the studio, hashing out some parts. We got a little bit stuck. We I think we felt that we were kind of repeating ourselves, maybe. You know, we'd sort of... We've already written Travels, we've already written Lost Ground, and we didn't want to just take formulas for those songs and just plug them in uh, to a new, you know, a new record, a new sound, or whatever. So, really just like, you know, starting from scratch, a new writing process, new creative process, um, do, you know, write songs <laughs> that we've, uh, um, you know, write songs in a way that we've never written them before. Right. So, and then from there, you know, once, hi. Once <laughs> all the, the structures were written, you know, guitars were layered, parts were kind of refined, and then, you know, guitars, bass, layers, vocals, all that stuff came in. That's cool. So, yeah. And yeah. Jake and Derek um, wrote the, the four acoustic songs and just nailed it. They did it in a night, you know. Oh, wow. Jay and I are slaving yeah. over um, drums and structures and guitars for a month and a half. And because, but the second LP is is a full acoustic record, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. This should be a little bit weird. Sure. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, Derek's voice uh, is unbelievable. And, yeah. You know, two of them are acoustic and two of them are full band, and I just I felt really bad playing drums over some of those so songs. So wait, so it's let me is it four songs that's on the acoustic record? Mm-hmm. And how long is that? Um. I don't know, four songs long. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I mean, I get the impression. I between 12 and 16 minutes. Mm. Like, yeah, sorry. I was just getting the impression that I was like, you know, obviously enough to take up an LP. Oh, no, no. They're yeah, not, yeah. They're okay. Not, like rock opera. Kind I of, was like, damn, dude. That, it it sounds, kind of sounds like Coed and Cambria. Yeah, is this but... your stadium Arcadia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Just, I mean, everybody gets a guitar solo. <laughs> I have like six drum solos. It's so awesome. Every song. Yeah. With brushes. That, <laughs> that, that makes complete sense. Well, cool. Well, that sounds obviously very unique, and you can, I mean, you'll, you'll see how the public reacts yeah, to it shortly. Well, very soon. It's, I mean, it's weird. We're all a little, bit, a little bit nervous, but we were nervous about our last two releases, too. You know, I know Jay went to go hand in the Final Masters for Lost Ground to B9, and was just like, can you just maybe not put this out, please? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, that one turned out okay. I think, I think, I think that was a smart move to put it out. Yeah, that is it worked a very, out. That is a very good record. Thank you. Yes. I, so, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I think we both have the same feeling a little bit for this record, which is probably a good sign. Yeah. You know. Cool. That we hate it. Or I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, yeah, usually, I mean, usually most musicians, after they've recorded something, it's like they have to stay so far away from it because 
you've been involved with it for way too long. And then especially because you're gearing up to look, play those songs for the next year, year and a half, that mm-hmm. it's like you have to have some space. Otherwise, you're going to go crazy. Yep. Um, so the uh, that that song in particular, like, did that, um, you know, was, was there anything unique about that song? Or was that one of the ones that, you know, you were able to lay down? Like, was that the two-take song or was that one of the ones that you laid down? Um when we get the final, all the final drum parts usually take a while. You know? Yeah. Um, just because we're both, Jay and I are both kind of perfectionists when it comes to, sure. obviously, the, the foundation of the record. So it's just like one song can take a day, and we're always behind schedule. But I think writing that, that, that was one of the quicker songs. Okay. Um, and usually our favorite songs are the ones that we write in, you know, uh, an hour. You know, right. He, Jay has an idea, right, and, you know, just a, a basic guitar riff, and I have a, a part that fits well over it. And the song just evolves, you know. And I think uh, the drums for that song really just evolved. It's really it's only two parts, sure. You know, um, that basic verse part, and then the transition and the chorus, and then right. the whole end is a, is a is a build on that main chorus theme. So cool, it's simple. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, the the one the the one other thing I'd like to hit on to feeder is the fact that you guys, you know, a lot of bands exist now in this weird, you know, there's the concept of a full-time band where it's like the idea of being like, like, you know, on the road 300 days a year. It's like defeater falls into this interesting category. I think where it's like you guys tour when real, I mean, not being a dick, but realistically when it's convenient, when it makes sense in your lives, as opposed to touring for touring's sake. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, over the past few years, I think that's a that's a sea change I've seen, especially within hardcore where it's like bands fly out to the, west coast to do like a week or you know that because that's what you guys have done right um how do you find that within your own like you know is that working for you guys how does that feel overall uh i mean we do it because it feels right and it's it's all we really can do sure um and it's also because we're old right (laughs) um it's it's just harder for a bunch of 28 year old dudes to to get an advantage to say you know we're gonna go out and tour and tour and tour um, realistically, we just can't do that. Um, and this year is actually going to, I think, be our, our biggest year touring uh-huh. um, that we've ever done. And, and who knows? I mean, you know, the record come out, could come out, and band could just break up the next day. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's really hard. I mean, Jay and I both run businesses, though. So, obviously, it's, it's great to be able to um, be in the businesses that we're in, in the music scene, and, and, um, and be able to tour. In a band, you know, it's it's all part of the life that we're living. But um, you're distracting me, Scott. Um, That's what Scott does best. Yes, clearly. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's just really hard, you know. Jay yeah. has to be home to record bands, and I have to be home um, to to run my business. And the other guys, like, you know, they have have their lives. I mean, Mike wants to be on the road twenty four seven. Sure. Uh, and he's doing a pretty good job at that. Right. He's he f- he fills bands, in with some, some bands. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's got a couple things going on in his life. Uh, but, you know, I think we wish that we could hit some spots a little bit more, and I think a lot of people, especially in the States, you know, <laughs> right. would, would like us to come to you know, Chicago. We've never played in Chicago. <laughs> you know, for yeah. some reason or another. Um, you know, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. Unfortunately, for the most part, it just it doesn't work out. Right. Um for us to just be on the road for four or five, six months at a time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's cool that bands obviously have that luxury now to be able to do what you guys do and be like, and still have people care about you mm-hmm. as opposed to like, cause I mean, obviously the only way you could ever get your name out previously was like 
all right, dude, let's slug it out. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, you can maybe find our record in stores, but like that wasn't a promise or anything like mm-hmm. that. So it's cool that bands have the ability to do that now and have the luxury. Yeah, I think there are more more bands now that, um, you know, are just using and abusing the internet uh, to yeah. their advantage, and they don't have to just burn themselves out touring. Sure. That, I mean, that's the biggest biggest problem that happens when you tour all the time is just you don't want to be in a band a year later after you start it. You yeah. Just, you're sick of touring, you're sick of the dudes, you're sick of your music. Right. Um, it becomes a job, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. right. So. Cool. Um, we also wanted to hit on the uh, the green van stuff as well because that's obviously a huge part of your life and mm-hmm. your your business. Um, the I mean, how did the concept start in your own brain? And then how did you basically, you know, come come to make that first step of like, because obviously you yourself weren't going to be like, I need, I'm going to buy 10 vans tomorrow. Right. So how how did the concept of like taking that first step and buying that first van? Uh, I lost a bet to Mike Poulin. Really? Mm-hmm. That, that was, that was how Green Van started? Yep. No. <laughs> He's laughing. That's amazing. That's 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 amazing. Um, So basically, we um, uh, we're gonna start touring um, a lot. You know, we've done some weekends and some short runs and everything, and and we wanted to go out and do like a two month summer tour. So Mike said, if I, you know, I bet you if I book a two month summer summer tour, you know, you have to go out and buy a van. So Mike called me like three weeks later. Was like, hey, I'm done booking the first month. Uh, man up, basically. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Um, sweet. So I started, you know, doing my homework and researching vans, and and I was a day away from driving down to, like, you know, Maryland or something and buying a a 1993 gas van, just like, you know, 3,000 bucks, like every band does for their first tour. Sure. Um, and then I just started, you know, thinking about it, uh, long term and running the numbers, and I was just like, this is, this is dumb. Uh, and for some reason, you know, I think my brother brought up, you know, biodiesel or veg oil vans and it's something that I always was on my radar, but never thought was like a practical thing for me. Um, and then, you know, I just started researching alternative fuels and all these people out in the world who converted their diesel engines to run on veg oil. Um, and that just became my spring project. You know, I'm a little like, you know, I'm a huge nerd and this sort of became the thing that I wanted to invest all my time in. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I got obsessed. Wow. So you did so, the technical conversion yourself? Uh, I had somebody help me do the first conversion. Okay. Um, so I found the van I wanted to buy. I spent months researching the exact kit, like the, the conversion system I wanted to use. And does, uh, it, does it start with a diesel van? Yeah. You have to buy a diesel. Yeah, it's always Camera, diesel. Um, so I found a company in Oregon that builds kits specifically for the motor that I wanted to buy. And, um, you know, from we ha- I had a, a tank fabricated, like a, an aluminum tank that went under the van. Uh, that I was installing like hours before our first show of the tour <laughs> um, in my parents' driveway, and the show was in Scranton, and we missed the show. But, uh, you know, it's that, cool. That's awesome. Um, so what does it cost to convert a van? Um, all said and done, about about five grand, maybe a little more with odds and ends. Because I, I remember the, f- I mean, the first time I had ever heard of it was Piebald. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was that was the first band that brought it to. I, mean, I think basically everybody's attention as far as like independent music is concerned right right like when they were able to take that old school bus and convert it and i sent those dudes some emails yeah try to pick their brain a little bit right 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 um so what what is the network of actually fueling these bands like so basically there there are people like me around the country who 
you know, took the initiative to convert their own vehicle um, and then took it a few steps further and might, you know, they, they might be mechanics and they, they convert, like, they run a local shop and they'll convert other people's, you know, VWs and Mercedes and, and diesel vans, whatever, um, with whatever kit they decide to use. Um, and then they collect vegetable oil from, from restaurants and process it and filter it and they sell it to their conversion customers, but then they'll have leftover uh, to sell to people who are passing through, traveling around like me. And on that first tour, you know, I sort of met all the people that I talked to on forums, um, asking questions about how to convert, you know, uh, to veggie and you know, all the all the things that were just baffling my mind about what the hell I was doing because I didn't know anything. So I was posting and asking all these dudes, um, and I met up with them around the country, and that was sort of the foundation for the network um, that I send my bands to now, you know, all these different locations. You know, I have about 30 or 40, I think. So is it feasible one. to get up cross-country through these connections? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. That's, I mean, yeah, that's what, that's what he's been doing for... I mean, how, how, how big is your fleet now? Uh, we're at six vans right now. Wow. That's good. And um, I'm working on getting a few more. Sure. Because, so. ba- I mean, is this a true statement or not that you, if you had more vans, you would be able to get... Um, I mean, those vans would be able to go out immediately yeah, like you have. Definitely. Well, winter's slow. Nobody, nobody's really touring on the sure. East Coast. Right now. But, I mean, I could, we could easily have like 20 or 30 vans in the summertime. Um you know, that's when everybody tours, everybody's off school. Right. Uh, but, you know, come November, December, January, February. Those are the slow months. You know, yeah. Yeah. Course. So we're working our way up, and I think we're building a little bit of an anchor for ourselves, I think. Now, our, our restaurants and stuff, are they are they happy to give away their oil now? No. There was a, a big ship, you know, when I think like 2008 when diesel hit like $5 a gallon everybody was trying to do this everybody was trying to get into you know the allure of free fuel and collect you know right. grease from restaurants and I mean it's a commodity there, there are companies that collect it um, sell the waste oil to cosmetic companies and some of it goes to biodiesel production mm-hmm. so you know there's a, there's a price for it but a lot of the guys that are well established have good relationship with mom and pop stores but I think that um, so the days of pulling up to a Chinese store. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the biggest mes- misconception with this. And, you know, people who rent vans from us are just like, oh, we pull up to a McDonald's and we just fill up. And yeah. It's not really how, how it works. <laughs> yeah. So what is the um, fuel difference between going to one of these network places and filling up versus going to the gas station? I mean, it's obviously a lot easier to just go to a gas station and fill up with diesel. You know, they're on every... And you can do that. If you yeah. had to. Oh, yeah. You can always run on diesel. You can oh, run okay. on bio. If you find biodiesel, you can put it's, that in Yeah, it's there. basically a little switch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you have two different tanks. Yep. Yeah. So the whole stock diesel system is is intact. So if you ever have a problem with the veggie system, then it, it switches over automatically. It's all automated, too. It's idiot-proof. Oh, wow. Um, which is great for, you know. For bands. For, for bands. <laughs> um, 21-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. Hey, dude, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, can flip the switch. Just flip the switch. I can put a lead in this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's happened, right? But is, is a gallon of... Not that I know of yet. Okay. I, I'm very specific with, with that one. You know, I figured, you put, I figured. You let it in here and you owe me seven grand. Thanks. Right. <laughs> um, is a gallon of veggie oil produced... Does that cost the same as a gallon of diesel? Uh, no, it's less. A gallon of, of recycled filtered veggie, veggie oil is about... Going right right now is just under $2 a gallon. And diesel is just over 3 So it's, it's generally about a dollar per gallon less than diesel. Does it fluctuate too? Yeah, we usually yeah. tracks the diesel prices. Yeah. So when diesel goes up, veggie oil goes up because you know people right. um, are trying to get. get well, I mean, now, yeah, now that it's an industry, mm-hmm. I mean, now that uh, people, I mean, I wouldn't really know if we call it industry. industry. Yeah, it's probably it's a it's a gr- a stable group of people um, doing something a little bit different. So, sure. Yeah. 
Far from an industry. Right. <laughs> Do you have a personal car at home? Not that runs on veggie. No. No. Just curious. Sorry. I'm not there yet. I, thought that, I, mean, I didn't know if my... you're a true believer or not. But... <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Only six bands? Only six bands. I think I do enough to offset my own. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong. Now, was, was your motivation um, going across the country for free, or was it an environmental thing, or both? A little of everything. I've always been kind of an envir- a big environmentalist, um, and this stuff has always been... You know, in my in my life, in some way or another, but obviously, I mean, the cost mo- motivator is is huge for everybody, and I think that's what we find uh, for all the people running vans from us is that the um, environmental benefit is great and is a great uh, offshoot, but obviously, saving on fuel costs is primary yeah. for everybody. I mean, but but it doesn't matter because no matter what your motivations are, you're still doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're still doing a, a globally, ecologically positive right um, uh, step. So. Yeah, and my motivations, I think, you know, were a little bit of both. It was actually uh, my nerdy side. I think came out more than anything. It was like I'm, I got this idea in my head, and I want to see it through to the end. I think that was probably the greatest motivation. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to do this for myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then obviously we got to save a bunch of money, and uh, you know, run on a alternative fuel. Which it, at the end of the day, that got more got us more attention than than our actual band. People were way more curious about the fact that we ran a, a van that ran on kitchen grease than, than our music. At this point, do you guys have competitors offering the same thing? Mm-mm. They're competing van rental companies, but as far as I know uh, now, there's nobody else renting uh, grease vans to vans. Wow. And there's a reason for that. It's a huge pain in the ass. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not the easiest thing. Yeah, what, what about it is a pain in the ass? Um, vans. Well, you know, it, the bands aren't really the pain in the ass. I, the I, I work pretty well with bands, but we put almost 100,000 miles on all of our bands every year, you know, because they're just out on tour all the time. Yeah, so any car. And, you know, yeah. you put 100,000 miles on a, a, on a car in a year, like, you're going to have problems. Like, so stuff breaks, and we're fixing stuff all the time, and that's just the nature of the business. Um, that's why it's... And then you get covered with grease. Vegetable oil sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Does it smell terrible? No. Um, it smells really good. It's... it's you know, when you when you get a little waft of it in in your window, um, I know, it's a really satisfying feeling. One that that, that it's actually working, and then you're you know, right. You're running on French fry grease. Right, and it, so. that's I mean that's what I've heard. It basically smells like French, kind of mm-hmm. like a faint smell of French fries. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really tasty. <laughs> I try it everywhere. Um, <laughs> you get a little bit hungry, and every you know you get looks from people driving down the road. And they're just like, what? Like, what's that smell? Where's that coming from? <laughs> hey, hey, that's our van. Now, I remember a while ago, someone in California got in trouble for taxes or something. Do you remember that? They had a sticker on their car that said, like, I'm a proud veggie oil mm-hmm. user, and they got pulled over for not paying the state gas taxes. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you yeah. Ever, you ever run into that? Uh, you know, it's something that we've talked about and, and we're trying to deal with, but there's, I mean, there's really no tax structure for what we're doing, and right. it's not, um, it's not such a huge thing. I don't think the states are losing, you know, all this tax revenue that they have to crack down on, on veggie oil. Ten users. of the veggie oil cars out there. Right, right, exactly. I mean, there are, there are a lot of them, especially in California, but really, you know, it's a fuel supplement. Mm-hmm. That's how we, that's how we get around that one, I think. <laughs> you know, fuel we're still supplement. running on diesel, but we're, we just get, you know, a hundred miles to the gallon. Yeah, yeah we just happen to supplement it with something else, like right, vegetable right, oil. Right, right, But I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal and that's something we're thinking about moving forward that, Hire some you know, lobbyists yeah, exactly. Washington. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get down and really, uh, we got to get away from our, our DIY roots and yeah. get real. Gre- get grease and palm, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Good. With Thank you. Thank you.
thank you for listening. You can check out Defeater at on MySpace, uh, myspace.com backslash Defeater, and the Green Vans website, rentgreenvans.com. Uh, we all are on, well, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Defeater and Green Vans are both on Twitter. What are those? Uh, uh, Andy Green Vans? No, it's just Green Vans, plural, one word, G-R-E-E-N-V-A-N-S, in case you know that was hard, <laughs> um, and, and just Defeater. Okay, so follow that, and Ray is at XPurposeX, Scott is at Scott Arnold, I am at Joey Cahill, you can follow the podcast at FWP Podcast, and you can email us at fwppodcast at gmail.com. Next time, uh, we will have Chris from the band Seosin, and yeah. Let's see you later. With myself and my-